Welcome back to the Empowered Finance Podcast with your host, Sid Misra, Certified Financial Planner. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for tuning in. It has been uh, a little bit of time since my last episode, episode six. Um, We're on episode seven right now. It took the summer off after things kind of normalized and, you know, wanted to just be present and see people. I felt like, uh, you know, last year, I'm, I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Uh, just kind of living through the computer. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I was a little bit more present, but, you know, I'm here now. Um, I am looking forward to being more regular with this podcast and just providing as much uh, value as I can to my listeners. Uh, this episode's a little different because I wanted to focus on my backstory and a little bit of my why for becoming an independent financial advisor, for, you know, deciding to work with my dad and and to build my own business that way. Um, And that all starts with my previous job and basically the worst phone call that I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, It was was awful to hear. It was really, really just kind of disheartening to hear. And it was a reason why I decided to leave that industry or leave um, that job within the industry to become an independent advisor, it changed my outlook on, you know, the job that advisors are doing and the industry as a whole. And I think there's a lot of things that uh, I want to talk about in terms of where I see the industry going and some of the things that need to change for for it to be better. So this phone call, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory and setup on it. Um, this was at my previous job. I worked for an insurance company that sold variable annuity products. And so I worked as an internal wholesaler. I uh, would support an external partner out in the field and we would uh, pitch and sell financial uh, these variable annuity products to financial advisors. And a variable annuity is basically an insurance contract on your income. Uh, You give some money to an insurance company, they're going to guarantee you annuity payments or set payments um, for a a period of time. It could be for life, it could be for, you know, whatever the contract is. But if you're looking to secure a piece of your income, an annuity is is a good way of doing that. And they're for specific people. It's not for everyone. It's for a specific type of person, client, um, age range, you know, what they're trying to solve. It's not for every single person. And because these products are pretty complicated, there's a lot of moving parts, there are guarantees, it's not as simple to understand as you may think, you need to uh, go through a financial advisor to, to buy that. The average person on the street, you know, the average Joe, can't go out there and just buy an annuity themselves. They have to go through an intermediary, a financial advisor. And so... It was our job working for the insurance company to work with advisors to tell them this is who the product benefits. These are the type of clients that would be best suited for it. This is you know, how the product works. And, and, and we would help them as well get the paperwork done, get through any service issues, help get business through the door. Um, again, I was an internal wholesaler, which meant that uh, with my external partner, we covered a territory, Southern California and Arizona. And that external partner actually was out there in that territory. They were driving around to different 
financial advisor offices, sitting down with the advisors, talking about the product, helping them with paperwork. And obviously, while they're in that meeting, you know, for an hour or so, the rest of the territory needed help. And that's where the internal comes in. Um, I'm on the phone answering questions, helping with service issues, um, helping to run illustrations and proposals, talking about the product and who it would be good for, just helping to support that external partner um, while they're in a meeting and while they're you know busy with uh, another advisor. Part of the training for that job to become an internal wholesaler was to go to our service side and to sit in on calls with our service department. Now, our service department would talk with the actual policyholders, the general public who was sold the annuity by the advisors. My job was only to speak with advisors, back office and service. They spoke with the actual policyholders, the clients of those advisors who were sold the variable annuity products. And it was in this, you know, service meeting that I heard the worst phone call that I've heard. Um, and it was basically, you know, this this woman who had been sold a policy um, years ago, who was in her seventies, and and most of her money was was in this policy, as as she explained in the phone call. But she was sold this policy. She doesn't know how it worked. Uh, she didn't know how. Um, you know, how to get her money out of it. There were rules against that for, for taking money out too soon. You were kind of locked in for a period. And the advisor, and I'm using quotes there, uh, he calls himself an advisor. He wasn't. The advisor uh, who sold her the policy took all of his commission up front and she never heard from him again, which happens a lot with these types of products and it happens a lot within the industry. And so this poor woman is sitting there explaining, you know, trying to figure out how the product works, trying to figure out why she was sold it, trying to figure out why most of her money was locked up into this product. Um, the, the, the rep who, uh, who I was sitting with, the back, uh, back office and service rep, you know, did his best to, to help her. And he was very professional and cordial, but there wasn't much that he could do. And you could just hear, you know, how upset this woman was um, that she couldn't have access to her money without a penalty. Uh, she she wasn't able to do what, what she thought she could. And she even said on a call, I feel like I was missold this product. And, you know, at, at, a, at a point in the, in the call, she started crying a little bit. And so I just remember that as kind of a, an introduction to the industry and to what I would be dealing with over my next, you know, four years as an internal wholesaler. Um but basically, that is her. Her situation is not different, or, or her situation is actually very typical of a lot of people in the industry who have been sold these products. Um, they are sold products not by advisors, but by product salespeople who are only looking to make a commission, right? And if you look at uh, the industry as a whole, it's kind of push that on them. It's incentivized that bad behavior, um, which is which is something that I think is is awful and it brings the industry down. In my job as an internal wholesaler, you know, I would work with certain 
uh, uh, we, we call them channels, right? So I'm an independent advisor. There was a channel for that. There were uh, the, the, the bank channels for the, the Merrill Lynch's and the Morgan Stanley's of the world. And then there was an, another channel for um, insurance companies that we, we worked with. I'm not going to name names, but you know there were insurance companies where they had um, insurance salespeople. They had the insurance license and their Series 6. They would go around just basically selling this as the end-all, be-all for your retirement. This is the only product that you needed. This did everything that you needed. Um, you didn't really need anything else, which was which was incorrect. Um, and one of the things that I would see is these professionals, again in air quotes, um, were promoting themselves as financial advisors, but were just really in it for the sale. You know, do as many sales as possible, get the commission up front. Um, you know, you 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 get the comp up front, and you're kind of just done. You can you know wring your hands of that and walk away. Uh, I would run, you know, consistently proposals and illustrations for people that were younger than me at the time, right? Uh, at the time I was in my 20s, I'm 34 right now, even running a proposal for someone who's in their 30s um, or early 40s with an income guarantee, a product that guarantees income, you know, why, right? Why does someone need that at that young age? The truth is that they don't. 99.9% of the time, they don't need that product, but because the salesperson gets paid commission on it, that is why they're being sold that product. And again, the industry is incentivized to sell. The companies that I worked with were getting you know, big commissions up front. They were getting trips paid for. They got rings and trophies. And it turned into this kind of competition, right? And you're incentivized to sell, sell, sell. You're not actually looking out for uh, what's in the best interest of your client? You are looking out for your own interest and your own wallet. And I, I did this job for four years while, you know, obviously having a father who is in the industry. Um, and I, I would have conversations with him in person on the phone about just how how bad it was, how these advisors, these these so-called advisors were, you know, misleading their clients Um giving financial advisors a bad name and just basically, you know, bringing down the industry and, and bringing down everyone with them. Uh, I had this kind of internal conflict after four years of just going through it. I was going through the CFP study material as well because I knew I wanted to become a certified financial planner eventually. I think after a certain point, I just said, I can't do this anymore um, and decided to leave to go work with my dad. But that was kind of the biggest part of it was just doing that every single day, knowing that there are people out there that are misrepresenting themselves. There are people out there that are taking advantage of the general public, trying to sell them something that they don't need. Um, and it's a big problem with the industry. It affects the entire industry. There is a negative perception about what financial advisors do, largely in, in large part because of this, right? Because of the incentives to just sell, sell, sell without actually taking care of what your clients are trying to do. Um, there's there's a joke, there's an old joke about financial advisors that if you go to a party and tell people that you're a doctor, they're going to hound you with questions. They're going to try to show you, hey, can you take a look at this? And, and I have this rash here, whatever it may be. And you go to a party and tell people that you are a financial advisor or planner 
and they're most likely going to avoid you like the plague um, because they feel like you're going to sell them something. And for most people that call themselves advisors, unfortunately, that's the truth, right? They are only product salespeople. They do not do actual financial planning or advising. They are there to sell. Um, and again, that makes the industry and its perception uh, look very bad. Uh, it negatively hurts us, right? And it and to me, it also hurts, more importantly, the general public, because I truly believe that the services that we're providing are valuable. Financial planning and advising is valuable. When you can sit down with someone and figure out where they are, where they want to be, and then how do you get there in the best possible way for that particular person, their family, and their situation, that is important. That is beneficial. That is great work that will help people, you know, live the life that they want to um, in retirement and, and beyond, right? You know, you have the ability to own your time. Uh, you have the ability to own your life. That is important. But because of the industry perception, people don't trust financial advisors. And it's much harder for the good advisors out there to, to build that trust. And a big reason why I'm doing this episode is to call that out because, I, I think it's important for advisors to to call this bad behavior out, right? Unfortunately, there's that perception, and it's because of these bad advisors or these salespeople, um, they, they are incentivized to sell. They will tell you things like, you don't need your company's retirement plan if you have this product. Instead of contributing to their 401k, put your money in here. Or you can do everything that you need to from this one product, Right. It does everything that you need to. It does your kids education. It does your retirement. You can be your own banker kind of thing. We see that a lot with life insurance. Um, a person who can only sell a hammer is going to convince you that that's the only tool that you need to build your financial house. In reality, though, we know that if you're trying to build a house, you want all the tools and you want to work with someone that has access to all the tools. The same thing is with your financial house. You want to build wealth. You want to work with people that have access to all the tools, strategies, products available so that they can find you the best one for your situation. You don't want to work with someone who only has access to one particular product because they're going to only be talking about that, right? To a hammer salesperson, everything is a nail and everything can be solved by a hammer. That's not the reality. And then that, to me, brings up the, a larger part of, of the problem is, you know, diagnosing before you actually figure out what's wrong. Now, imagine going to the doctor and before you can tell them what's wrong, what's ailing you, what, what's bothering you, they prescribe you a medicine procedure, right? Here, take this or we're going to schedule this procedure for you. How would that make you feel? I mean, you wouldn't be comfortable. You wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. If they pretended to listen but already had a medicine or procedure in mind that they were going to recommend anyway, regardless of what you actually needed, you wouldn't feel comfortable with that doctor, with that, with that uh, professional and their recommendations. Um, as a friend of mine who's a, a fellow financial advisor based out of Minnesota, Dave says, um, he says, prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. You wouldn't accept that from your doctor 
don't accept that from the financial professional that you're getting advice from. And that to me is one big piece of how the industry needs to change, right? The only people that should be calling themselves financial advisors or planners are the ones that truly want to understand where you currently are. What's your current financial position? What's the starting point for this journey? They want to figure out what you're trying to accomplish, right? And your why, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to to gain from all this? And then they're going to figure out how to bridge the gap in between, right? That is what proper financial planning is, proper financial advising is. But what we're seeing is financial sales. We are seeing people just going in with a product to, to, to answer everything. That's, that's misdiagnosis. That's malpractice, right? You are, you are giving a prescription without diagnosing what's wrong, and that is malpractice. And so for the general public, you have to be working with someone who wants to understand these things, right? Why do your goals matter to you? What are they? Where you currently are with your finances? And then how do we bridge the gap in between where you are and where you want to be? And they should be following the planning process, right? That's a big reason why I became a CFP is to follow the the full financial planning process to incorporate investments and taxes, retirement planning, estate planning, insurance, all those things into your plan so that we understand how they all fit together, right? How, How can you trust someone giving you advice if they're not going to look at all the different pieces of your finances. And so again, that's a big reason why I did the CFP. It teaches you how to go through the actual process and you're held to a much higher standard than a regularly licensed financial professional. We are fiduciaries. We are individuals, professionals who are held to a fiduciary standard, meaning Everything that we recommend, everything that we talk to our clients about is based on what's in their best interest, right? How does this help my client get to their goals? How does this help them benefit the most? And not how does it line my pockets? Being a fiduciary puts you under that microscope and holds you to that high standard. And to me, that's a big reason why I think it's important for people to get the CFP if possible, or at least, you know, Act in a fiduciary capacity, right? Um, go through the proper process to make sure you're doing it correctly. There's, and, and I, I want to I be very clear, there's nothing wrong with selling a product like an annuity or insurance product, right? Those are important products. They have their place. But to go and pass yourself off as a financial advisor or planner and not go through the process, not be held to the fiduciary standard, Um, That's wrong. That is misrepresenting who you are, misrepresenting what this particular product is going to do. And you're not giving the person the best possible service that they should be getting from you. So this is a call out to the people in the industry promoting themselves as more than they are. Stop. You're, You're not a financial planner or advisor. You're a salesperson. That's fine. Stay in that lane and be that. Right. But if you're not going to go through the planning process, if you don't hold yourself to, uh, up as a fiduciary and you, you don't keep that standard, you have no right to call yourself an advisor or a planner 
and you have no right to say that you're giving planning or advising advice. And to the general public, you have to be careful about who you're working with, right? Ask them if they do overall financial planning and advising. Ask them if they have access to different investment options and strategies and products from a wide range of providers and um, companies. Ask them if they're incentivized to sell one kind of product only, right? Do you have all the tools in your toolbox And if so, are you willing to use all of them or is there an incentive for you to only use one of those tools? And I also think too, ask them if they are operating in a fiduciary capacity. You don't, don't, you know, a lot of them will will probably say that they are. um, And there is kind of a gray area as to how the regulators can judge that. But don't just let them answer that question, but have them prove that, Right. They will prove that they are operating in a fiduciary capacity by doing a full financial planning process and review. They'll look at where you currently are, what you want to accomplish, and they'll come up with recommendations based on those things as opposed to prescribing some sort of uh, product or service without fully diagnosing what's going on. So don't just ask them, but let them prove that they are acting as a fiduciary. If they don't come up with that as a full financial plan, if they don't you know, meet you where you are, try to figure out what's going on, where you currently are, what you want to accomplish, and they're just coming in to pitch you something, and if you feel like they're trying to sell you, more often than not, they definitely are. And that's probably not someone that you want to work with. That's probably not someone who's got your best interest at heart. The industry as a whole needs this call out, The industry as a whole needs to do better. It needs to call out the people that are misrepresenting themselves because, again, it is bringing all of us down. And like I mentioned earlier, what we are doing is important. It is important for people to have a financial plan. It is important for families, for individuals to know, you know, what they're trying to accomplish and the steps that they're taking to get there. Right. Plans change. That, that is true. As life goes on, things can change. But having a plan that can be adjusted, that can be changed, whether you do it yourself or you find a professional, is important. Right? You have, to, you have to have an idea of what it's going to take to get to where you want to be from where you are. Right? For the good advisors out there, keep doing a great job of uplift, uplifting the entire industry. Keep doing a great job of you know, being transparent about how you're doing it. And for the general public, find those good advisors out there and ignore the rest. There's plenty of bad ones, but there are a lot of good ones out there that truly want to help you and want this to be, you know, a lifetime partnership. I got into this business because I want to help people and I want to be there when, you know, my client's kids are finally going to college after 18 years of putting money away in an educational account Or, you know, when they're there at their retirement party, I want to be there for those moments. And I want to know that I help them get to that point. That to me is why it's important. So find your fiduciary, make sure they are a fiduciary and the good advisors keep being good and keep uplifting the entire industry. Uh, Again, this is episode seven of the Empowered Finance podcast, a little bit of a rant on the industry and what I've seen um, from a sales side 
in my previous job and now as an independent financial advisor, just calling out the things that I see, um, being honest about it, and hopefully it gives people an understanding of what to look for and what to, to, to avoid when they're looking for financial advisors. Um, I look forward to, to being more consistent with these episodes again, and I look forward to having the support um, from everyone again. Thank you so much for tuning in and take care. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. The opinions expressed in this material do not necessarily reflect the views of LPL Financial.